Welcome to episode nine of the Happy Head, Happy Heart podcast. My name is Mrs. Gray. I am delighted that you're listening today. Thank you so much for joining me. That was a lady called Lexi Walker and her version of Louis Armstrong's What a Wonderful World. And I've chosen that song today because we are talking about our wonderful world today. Might not feel like that depending on um, how you're feeling right now. It's certainly perhaps a little bit scary still. There's lots of things going on. There's lots of uncertainty which makes things feel a bit wobbly. But we have our incredible outdoor learning expert, the guru that is Mrs. Duncan joining joining me today. She's going to be exploring nature, our wonderful world, and telling us how the nature and the world, our trees, our sky, our insects, our bugs, our birds are so vital for our mental health. And I thought this was a fantastic fantastic subject to discuss especially as many of us will be out and about exploring our local community perhaps you're you live in Potterton and you're up exploring the woods and the countryside or Balmedy and Newbrad down by the beaches there or maybe you stay somewhere near the Bridge of Dawn and you're exploring some of the outdoor areas there we are so lucky where we live we have the most beautiful nature up in the sky down on the ground and everywhere in between. It is a wonderful world we are living in. And I have really, I mean, I have enjoyed all of the podcasts that I have um, uh, worked on and really enjoyed speaking to our members of staff with such great insight to different areas of learning or uh, philosophical outlooks and all sorts of things. But This podcast, this conversation I had with Mrs. Duncan really struck a chord with me. Now, um, it might be hard to imagine, but I am not your average outdoors person. I don't even own a pair of Wellington boots. Um, I know it's terrible or waterproofs. Not it's just it's not not outdoors is not really my thing. But during lockdown, it has really become my thing. Um, we live in the Bridge of Dawn and we live very near the Scotston Moor. Uh, myself and my family have absolutely loved exploring the moor and not only finding all the different trails and paths and different sorts of um, landscapes that you can see from different parts of the moor and where it leads to different bits in the Bridge of Dawn, but I've also become hugely interested in all the World War II buildings and 
concrete slabs and pillars and markings and all sorts of things that are up here on our Scotston Moor. It's become really fascinating. And I have found nature uh, on the moor really, like really beneficial for my own mental health. It is the go-to. We're having a bad day. Technology isn't working. Maths is not going the way that we want to um, when I'm teaching my son. Um, Or just generally, it's a beautiful sunny day. So let's get out the house a bit and that's our go-to let's go up onto the moor and have a really good walk get some fresh air and the sky and the birds everything has has really helped clear our minds it really is true what they say fresh air is a wonderful wonderful thing um but not only do we kind of know walking and being out in nature is really good mrs duncan delves into things that the science, the real science behind why nature and the outdoors is so good for our mental health. And I think this is what really fascinated me um, about this chat in particular. Um, I have also got great great pleasure from my garden and going out and planting plants and uh, physically the act of, of planting them, putting them in the soil, digging the hole. Um, And you'll also hear me talk about, um, I have a clematis. Now, a clematis is a vine climbing creeper um, plant. And maybe at home, your mum or your dad or granny or aunties, maybe they have a clematis in their garden. And it looks beautiful climbing, you know, all the vines climbing maybe over the side of a house or up a trellis, which is like, you know, a crisscross um, sort of part that you could put on your fence, um, or up, you know, a drain pipe or something. The These are climbing creeper vine plants. And I've been training my clematis to go in the direction that I want it to go. And I've got great satisfaction from guiding all the little vines that I never really thought I would, because as I said at the beginning, I'm not really an outdoorsy sort of person. So um, Mrs. Duncan gives us a really good insight as to why I am finding guiding my clematis such an enjoyable experience. It's really interesting. I hope you really enjoy listening to this. I'm not going to talk anymore, but enjoy and hopefully you will find this as fascinating as I do. To myself, what a wonderful world. Um, hello, Mrs. Duncan, how are you? Hello, I'm really good, thanks. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you very much for joining us on our Happy Head, Happy Heart podcast. Um, it's so nice. It's been lovely to speak to such a variety of staff. We had the PSAs last week. We've got um, yourself this week. Um, so it's it's brilliant. And I'm really excited to hear um, more about the subject that we're going to talk about. So, um, But before we kind of go into it, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions that I've been asking all the guests on our Happy Head podcast. Um just to find out kind of how things have been going with you over the last, gosh, tw- are we in 12 weeks now? I um, think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, so what have you been really enjoying about lockdown? What's been some lovely things that have, um, that you've been really enjoying? Well, do you know what? You've got to make the best of every situation, haven't you? Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I've been, I've actually been loving time at home. It's just given me time to spend 
in my house with my husband and dog, you know, in the garden. We've created a wildlife pond in the garden over lockdown, which yeah. is really exciting. <laughs> so that's been really good. Um, learning new things. I've been playing the piano more, doing a little bit of songwriting, which is, which I never thought I would do. Um, making things. Made some gorse cordial. I foraged myself, so that was really exciting. I saw those pictures on Facebook. <laughs> that looked amazing. And where I live in the Bridge of Dawn, there is tons of there's tons of that yellow stuff going around up here. Um, yeah, so, just, yeah. I suppose, yeah, just trying new d- different things, and also teaching as well. Although it's been it's had its challenges, yeah. teaching in a different way. There's been lots of positives with that as well. So it's it's been good, and lots of more cycling and walking, finding different places to walk and cycle. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a lot, lot of positives. It's not as bad as we first thought, I think. No, I don't think so. Um, although there have been some quite either annoying, tricky or <laughs> not so positive moments. What have you found a bit difficult or challenging during lockdown? Oh, I think the biggest one for me is disinfecting all the shopping when it comes in. I get I get home <laughs> delivery and the amount of wipes, dental wipes I've been using to wipe down everything's been ridiculous. But it makes me feel better, even if it doesn't maybe work. So, yeah. That's been a challenge. <laughs> agree. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. um, been a, a tricky thing. And and something I've kind of perhaps a bit like yourself uh, battled with the amount of waste I'm having to, you know, use in terms of plastic, you know, plastic bags. And like you said, pl- uh, wipes. and Yeah, you know, it goes against everything I believe in. And I've been totally. trying not to use wipes for the last year or two. But no, I'm using lots of those. I think we kind of maybe have to. And I mean, missing going to the hills and mountains. I I normally go up in the summertime and walk up in the hills, so I've been missing that. But yeah, uh, yeah, those things um, getting you know further afield um, is definitely something that we are we're missing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do know that we're going back to school in August, um, and that's that's it. It brings a mix of emotions, but it does bring some excitement as part of those emotions. What are you looking forward to when we? kind of come out come out of lockdown and ease back into school life oh well the, the number one thing is seeing all the children at school again seeing my class seeing everybody all the other staff I think yeah. it's gonna be amazing going back even with social distancing I'm so looking forward to that absolutely that's a big one absolutely obviously, obviously seeing family yeah. um maybe going walking different places being able to travel a bit further and then hopefully eventually be able to travel again out of Scotland and you know, go abroad and places like that so yeah, baby steps, but I think we're moving in the right direction, which is great. Definitely, yes. Um, but today, you are, you and I, we're going to talk about um, well, a subject that we all know that you are so <laughs> passionate about, Mrs. Duncan, and and we are so lucky to have yourself and Mrs. Hewitt at school who lead our outdoor learning um, and the environment that we have around us at Balmedy Primary is oh it's second to none we're so lucky um to have the the nature right at our doorstep but you and i talked um a wee while ago about the impact of nature and being outside um and and the the positives it brings to our mental health so that's kind of what we're going to look at today isn't it yes definitely um, and actually, we started the subject, we started the discussion, um, and I've told quite a few people, I have just loved my garden over the past <laughs> 12 weeks. In fact, I got kind of obsessive, maybe around three or maybe three weeks in, once I kind of resolved the bread flower issue that I had in my life, <laughs> I then went on a plant hunt. 
and um, and myself and a few of my friends, you know, we, we really pulled together to find websites that you could get plants delivered or then when Ben Reed and Park Hill, the garden centres opened, you know, we helped each other because we were on opposite sides of town. So we helped each other get the plants that we needed because we had all that beautiful weather to kind of bring our gardens um out of the winter mode into spring and preparation for summer mode. And the I have got gotten so much joy out of being in my garden, um, planting and um and I, I have a I, I have a clematis, um, which is it's like a vine, you know, for, for the boys and girls who don't know what a clematis is, but mm-hmm. um, a creeper vine that, that grows really quickly in the springtime. Um, but you have to train the vines to go. I have it trained along a, fre- a, a fence. So every morning I would go out with my cup of coffee and, and look where all the vines had been going and train them. In fact, I found um, looking after my clematis at times easier than looking after my three-year-old. Um, <laughs> but... Well- I think yeah I think later on we'll I'll talk about the science behind that that's really interesting to hear about that and maybe that'll explain why you enjoy it so much when we talk about the science part of it and and we've just and so I have had a lot of joy and and when times are have been challenging in the house um or the noise from the children and the sort of the buzz in my own head of things I have to do and things I need to remember and you know phones pinging and laptops pinging and iPads (laughs) pinging I've kind of taking myself out to the garden and being like right I'm going to go and plant and got a lot of um calm from that um, yeah. and also you know I touched on um earlier but we live near the Scotston Moor in the Bridge of Dawn and you know we're we're 12 weeks in and even at the weekend we found another trail that <laughs> we could take through the moor and it's been in- incredible and I'm not I'm not the outdoorsy type, I would say, um, but I have really gotten so much out of be, by being out in nature over the past 12 weeks. So I'm really interested to hear what you're going to tell us today, Mrs. Duncan. Um, so I'm going to start off with um, our first question, which is, why is nature important for our mental health? Okay, it's a big question, but I, mean, <laughs> I, I've always felt happiest when I'm out in nature, and I'm sure a lot of people feel the same when you're at the beach, the sound of the waves, you know, it's so calming. When you're in the forest and woods, like if it's got some moor or any of the bigger forests, uh-huh. I think again, it just gives you that sense of security and calmness. Um, up in the hills, and it's not just nature; it's the landscapes as well that are important. Not just the animals and the wildlife, you know, the big landscapes, the big skies that have such a profound effect on us when we're outside. And um, I always think about going back when I was five, six, even four years old, we went on summer holidays camping on the west coast of Scotland. Mm-hmm. And they're my, my biggest memories from being a child as being outside and exploring forests and beaches. And I, I remember the happy feeling I had there. So mm-hmm. I think it's something, and again, we'll talk about the science of this, that it it does have a profound effect on us. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, um, like learning the names of birds in my garden when I was little and my my grandma used to take me out to feed the ducks at the duck pond. And these are all the moments when I recollect my childhood that I remember. And I just remember for that reason, I think that it made me feel happy and secure. And that's really important right now, being be feeling 
happy and secure and you're taking your you know in our and you're probably going to touch on this but we we well we know uh, as teachers um, and some of the mums and dads and other adults who are listening might know but our brain develops pathways things that we we remember if we do them over and over again so we remember our brain remembers smells and relates them to times in our lives that's why mm-hmm. as adults or as perhaps um young adults who go away to university and come home or go away working and come back home the smells of christmas in your own home make you feel um like childlike it's like a, a real comforting feeling or like um you know s- smelling uh, a packet of crisps like frazzles that's the big one in our house you know we don't mm-hmm. we don't eat them very often but um uh, when you smell them it reminds me of, of being at, um at home and and like you say, your your nurture is triggered through the pathways in your brain, which you're remembering all those lovely times in, in your grandparents' gardens, you know, um, labelling all the birds and naming them all. Yeah, um, and I learned a new word the other week, and it's petrichor. I don't know if you've heard the word petrichor. petrichor. No, I and bet Mr Monroe has, though. <laughs> I bet he has. <laughs> One for the quiz. Yeah. But it's, it's, um, it's a smell of the ground after rain. So when the rain's fallen and it's that lovely soaking in, you know, when you go outside and you oh, do smell that fresh better. smell. And I only know it because one of the, one of um, a songwriter I know, he's written a song about petrichor and I was thinking, what on earth is that? But I totally get it now. <laughs> and in the song he says, petrichor makes me cry. Yeah. And I do understand that it's emotion of, you know, like you say, the smells that are it's such, it, they express emotion inside us, don't they? When we, we smell certain things. Absolutely. And, I think it was maybe one of the very first podcasts I did. I talked about um, um, walking and I enjoyed going and jo- and do enjoy going out very early in the morning, you know, half past six in the morning, especially now when it's so light in the mornings and walking up to Scotston Moor. And there's a part, well, there's quite a few parts, but there's a certain part um, on the moor where you can stand and you can see Benahi beautifully. Yeah. And you can look <laughs> right out over the water, see all the wind turbines. Um, you can, on a really good day, you can definitely see Balmetti. Um, <laughs> and and that has this amazing, almost powerful effect on me. I feel like, like, like I'm the only person in the world and I'm surrounded by these two incredible forces, the North Sea and mm-hmm. this amazing landscape of Benahi and Aberdeenshire. Yeah, I can, I totally get that. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so um, nature is so important for our mental health. What what else can you tell us about that that sort of huge subject, Mrs. Duncan? Well, I was going to speak about a guy called Joe Harkness. Who's Joe Harkness? Well, Joe Harkness, I came across him through Chris Packham. Chris Packham, who does lots of wildlife programs, and he talked about this guy called Joe Harkness in one of his programs. And it just struck a chord. Sorry, it's, it, that's, it's Springwatch that he does, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know if it was on Springwatch. He also did a program about his own mental health. Okay. And it, it was maybe on there, but he also has, he's been on Springwatch too, I think. Okay. Um, he suffered a breakdown in 2013 mm-hmm. and he tried everything. He tried medication and tried counselling um, with limited effect. And then what happened after that was quite bizarre like he was out and he saw this buzzard he wasn't really interested in wildlife or birds at all at that time and he saw this buzzard a bird of prey and it was floating across the moorland 
and he saw a fly and he just suddenly had this kind of thought he wanted to be like that he wanted the freedom mm-hmm. and it represented that soaring freedom that he was looking for and he started then focusing more on birds and from being someone that wasn't really that interested became an avid bird watcher and I mean, I, I love nature. I love birds in particular. So I suppose it kind of struck a chord with me. And I thought, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, and he talks about a lot of really cool things. So I thought I'd share some of those with you today. Let's um, hear them. Yeah. The first one I thought was really important was he talks about nature's calendar. And he talks okay. about how comforting it is, the rhythms of time and nature that give life a structure. And I think that's totally true. You know, the, the seasons, you, you know, after spring comes summer, then comes autumn, then comes winter. There's no change to that. That happens, and that that rhythm makes us feel happy and secure. And he talks about why we with... use that rhythm in seasons for growth. That's exactly, really important. Yeah, yeah. And he talks about the first migrant birds. And when you get to know more about birds, you don't just see a bird in your garden. You see a bird and think, well, has that bird been here all year round? Does it come from somewhere else? When you see the first migrant birds, it's a signal for warmer, longer days. And he used this expression, which I love, and he said they're beacons of hope. Wow. So these little birds arriving, these tiny little birds that weigh maybe five, six, seven grams have come from maybe Africa to Britain to breed. He sees them as these beacons of hope, that they've done that amazing journey and all the challenges that they've had and they've arrived here to be successful in their nesting. Mm-hmm. And then something that you talked about earlier with your clematis, he talks about pattern as well, like looking at patterns in nature. And I think maybe that's what he, what you were talking about, looking at leaves and, and patterns and veins. Uh-huh. And I suppose it's like the pattern of life as well, isn't it? Pattern of roads and travelling. It's It represents all of those things. So maybe in a way, psychologically, you're thinking about that when you look at your clematis. I don't know. Um but he also talks about the pattern and repetition of visiting the same place uh-huh. and whether it's your garden or wherever you go to, and it gives you a sense of security and balance and that gives you less anxiety. Well, so all of these go. things, yeah, I, I thought straight away, yeah, I can see that I feel that myself. And then there's a study by a man called, well, funnily enough, by a man called Dr. William Bird, uh-huh. and he wrote a paper called Natural Thinking and he uh-huh. talks about attention restoration theory, which I hadn't heard Where of before. That's, that's a big words. <laughs> Yes. So it's all about as well, to explain it more simply, there's two parts to it. You can give things your direct attention. So you do things you plan to do. And what he talks about is the other part, which is like your mindfulness is the indirect attention where you just enjoy being. Mm -hmm. And I know my class, one of the things they have loved this year, even in lockdown, is sit spots where you just go and sit somewhere for five minutes and just you just be you don't have to do anything, think anything. And he talks about that being indirect attention. And what he said was in bird watching, if you look through binoculars, the rest of the world is blocked out. Or if you're focusing on something in nature, the rest is blocked out. And that gives you that indirect attention of just being and existing in that moment, which I thought was fascinating. That is fascinating. And so, uh, like, kind of, you're saying that and I'm thinking, why did I never think of that before? Of course, your attention would just be so focused on looking at the nature just in front of you and and waiting and and I think you know it could yeah it could apply to so many other parts of life too but I think in nature you never know what you're going to see so there's more anticipation you don't go out and find something directly you have to you have to be patient and wait to see something you just don't just go outside and see a fox or a badger you have to plan it 
well, yes, yeah, sometimes it might come across your path, but if you want to go and see one, you have to go and think, well, where would they be? What time of day or night? You know, what do I have to wear? Mm-hmm. Do I have to sit up wind of it so it doesn't smell me? And there was an awful lot more planning and thought about it. So it's it's not something you can get very easily. That's that's in, that's incredible. Um, so um, what else did Joe talk about? Was there any other? I mean, yeah, that's an amazing book. Um, which perhaps um, is it, it's not a, it's not a, 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 it's not aimed at children, um, as it's obviously about his own adult struggles. Yeah, it's it's an adult book definitely, and even if you're not into bird watching itself, I mean, if you are, you'd enjoy it probably more. But it's still very relevant. He's got relevant sections for people just in general, so about your your mental health. But yeah, definitely for adults. Yeah, or so older what, teenagers to adults. Yeah, um. So what other um? Because he had he he goes through some sort of tips and. Um, yes, he's got, almost. he does. And he's got five different things. So it's five different parts of well-being that he mentions. Now, it's also been mentioned before. I think it was that he talked about a new economic foundation study. So it's it's relevant science as well. But he talked about these five areas of well-being and it could connect to nature and bird watching, but it could connect to, in other ways to your life. So number one is to connect. And for him, he says, well, you, obviously you connect with your garden, like you were talking about earlier. You make that connection with a place mm-hmm. or you can make a connection with it could just be a local fox that you see or a rabbit that you always mm-hmm. see going down the path. Or it could be a connection to the world, like more open to that, to a bigger space, to the beach, to sea life, to whatever, whatever part of nature interests you. It could be a tree that you're trying to climb. It could be. It could be a favourite tree. It could be a favourite spot. Yeah. yeah, I say that because um, my eldest son, Max, is determined to climb very high up a tree. And he's, <laughs> we, we pass it uh, on our walk and he's been persevering for the last wee while and he's doing pretty well. But I'm now not letting him climb any higher than he's going because I'm petrified he's going to fall. <laughs> but he's made a real connection with that with that tree. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Connecting with something. So connecting really important. And then number two, he talks about taking notice. And again, that's where he comes into the idea of bird watching. So a bit like I was saying earlier, if you see a bird in the garden, it's like no longer what's that brown bird, like just yeah. a general brown bird in the garden. Like, what is it? What species is it? Can you identify it? Where does it come from? Mm-hmm. Does it come in a flock? Does it come by itself? What does it eat? You know, there's all these questions. You can go slightly, you can go much deeper and I mean, I've been studying nature all my life and I still haven't, I don't know half of it. You know, there's so much to learn. So um, there's so many questions to pose. And he says, taking notice of something makes you feel better. All these are ways to make yourself feel better and improve your well-being. And, you know, we can, and it, when you're talking, it reminds me of um, a conversation with Miss Monroe the other week and who looked at, uh, we talked about perspective and you know, we can kind of, like you say, we kind of say, oh, it's a brown bird in my garden. Um, but, and then perhaps in our own minds, if you took that another way, we could kind of say, oh, um, oh, I'm really thick. I'm like, I'm, I can't do this maths. I can't, I can't do this. This is rubbish. And dismiss it really quickly. A bit mm-hmm. like dismissing the brown bird in the garden. Oh, well, well, it's just a brown bird. But if you stopped, like you're saying, and thought, well, actually what kind of bird is that and where did it come from and I wonder why it's coming to my garden a bit like then looking at your maths or your literacy or whatever you know why am I feeling angry or worried or why do I do do I am I really 
am I really thick? Am I really, and I'm using the thick expression because I know that there's, that's an issue going on right now. Um, you know, that we've not been in school for almost, for a term and some children are starting to feel really worried about that and worried about. Do you know what? I think like there's so much that children have learned. So everyone at school has learned so much else and often more important things like life skills that they've learned. Just being patient and coping, the coping mechanisms that develop, the time they spent with family, they probably have observed more in their gardens than out. I mean, I know a lot of my pupils are posting things and are doing things they would never probably have normally done. And they're just equally as valid as their literacy and numeracy lessons in school. Yeah. And I think it is that taking notice and it, it, it takes effort. You know, it's easy mm-hmm. to just go, oh, what's that bird? But it takes that effort to go and look it up and mm-hmm. to spend time. Same with your, like you say, from maths to literacy and numeracy. You've got to put that effort in. Mm-hmm. But the, what you get back is so important. Absolutely. But certainly no one should be worrying about being behind in the work or not managing things because yeah. we all, we're all different and we, we've all got our skills and we've all learned, I think, so much through lockdown. Mm-hmm. And that's um, we do sort of a, a, a I put out a staff jamboard every week, and that's the subject of this week's jamboard. What have staff learned in lockdown? Um, because I think that would be great for the kids to oh yeah, to realize, be really like, interesting. Well, what have we all learned? What have been some some great great skills that um, mm-hmm. have come from fruition? And I think that's really important for the children to understand that where we might not have cracked long division in the last three months but this doesn't mean you've fallen behind in any way because like you say there has been some incredible rich learning happening we've um, all moved forward in amazing ways i think and i think absolutely. when we go back that's what we need to celebrate is what we've all learned and the people we've become through lockdown yeah Totally. And it is. And I love that word you use, celebrate. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've gone off on a tangent. So, so anyway, number three. Well, number three was interesting because I wasn't sure how he's going to relate this to, to nature, but it's about giving to others. Okay. And I thought, I wonder what he's going to say about that, because how do you give to others? Because for me, nature, you're, you're getting so much from it. But yeah. what he said was re- made sense to me. If you feed the birds, you're giving the birds something, you're helping them. It's that helping and giving that makes mm-hmm. you that improves your well-being. And again, in lockdown, to go off on a tangent again, but all the people have gone out to help with maybe delivering food boxes. And it was yeah. some people in my class being involved in that, you know, if our parents are busy doing deliveries or just helping your neighbour. But I mean, yeah. helping the birds, do nature surveys. That's all helping science. Um, making bug cartels my class and the other p5s this week have been having their virtual activity week and i've been blown away by what they've been doing they've been making bird feeders bug cartels ponds for wildlife it's been absolutely incredible what they've been doing and they've been giving their time and giving to nature and improving their well-being at the same time which is is fantastic that's amazing and i also think um you know we talked at the beginning about um waste um but you definitely can hear the birds a lot clearer than before and perhaps our stillness um is giving Uh, that is giving to to nature you know we're not perhaps as we're certainly not polluting as much because um we're not flying we're not in the car as much um you know trains planes automobiles they're not you know 
Um, yeah, and we've given that, and look the, look at the rewards we've got hearing that amazingly loud bird song and the clean air and the lockdown. We, we've been calling them lockdown sunsets and lockdown weather that we've had must be yeah. connected. Yeah. You know, we've had such an amazing spell of weather. The yes. sky seems so clear. The blue at night, I don't know if you've noticed, like just in twilight or it's even later, like 10 o'clock at night, the vivid blue of the sky mm-hmm. that's so mm-hmm. clean and clear has been absolutely amazing. And seeing the moon and Venus and it's just that, been fantastic. It has. And that's really reflected around the world. You know, there's stories from um, other parts of the world that are, you know, um, did we not have dolphins in the canals of Venice? Um, and, the, you know, I think it used to be quite dirty water. Um, yeah, and they, the they water were saying that... basically changing colour. Yeah, they were saying that whales and dolphins can communicate more clearly because of a lack of noise of engines. Wow. So they're actually what, they're studying that just now. We've got hydrophones out. I think it's off the west coast of Scotland and Ireland to look at that. But it's definitely they've seen more whales and dolphins where they wouldn't normally see them because obviously they can speak to each other more without the background noise, which is also amazing. That's absolutely incredible. Their lives have been in lockdown until now and they've been yeah. lifted because they can speak to each other. That's amazing. Okay, so giving to others. What's number four? Number four is to keep learning. And that really Important. relates to school as well, doesn't it? To keep learning new things. And no one can ever say they know at all, you know. No. And as teachers, I think sometimes our pupils think that we should know everything, but we certainly don't. <laughs> no. You know, you know, we don't know everything. And I'm, I'm always happy to say, I don't know. I have no idea. It's not something I've even thought about before. And I think, you know, to keep questioning is great. Uh-huh. You learn by asking questions. And I think little kids ask so many questions. I'm sure your children ask you hundreds of questions a day. Oh, yes. I think we're you know, a lot of the time they're told, no, not just now, you know, we need to get on with this and that. And I think that's maybe something else in lockdown. They've been able to ask more questions mm-hmm. to their parents and whoever's around them at home or and, take, and online as well, like asking me questions on Seesaw, and which is great. Yeah, or taking time to kind of ask the question themselves and then go and try and find the answer. Um, again, relating it back to my family at home, um, my Max is, oh, you know, seven-year-old so minecraft mad um and he's gone on youtube um to figure out how you can build stuff and and like he he's like oh i wonder if i could make a he loves back to the future i wonder if i can make mm-hmm. a delorean on minecraft so he went and figured out how he could do it and that's what he's currently building at the moment that's brilliant so, and do you know what some of my pupils have done that they've made a virtual zoo and virtual somebody made a virtual bug hotel today for our, our activity week um, and a virtual bug it was, that was on Fortnite did a, a thing where the the characters in Fortnite became different bugs. It was actually amazing. So that's it's real imagination. That's it's real, real imagination, and, creativity, and, and um, that's real architecture, isn't it? To yeah. think and plan um, that vision out. That's and, keep, and keeping on learning. It does give you that mental well-being. And when I've been walking, because I've been walking and cycling more than I've been driving. Mm-hmm. I've been looking more at flowers, which I'm not an expert in at all. Mm-hmm. I'm not really an expert in anything. I just like all of nature. But I've been looking more at flowers and thinking, what is that flower? I've, I've cycled past it. I've walked past it. What is it? Uh-huh. And I've been trying to identify a few more. So on my nature club, um, one for next week, it's all about flowers and plants. And again, I'm not I'm not doing it from the point of view of being an expert. I'm just saying, come out and have a look at flowers with me and let's see what we find kind of thing and I probably do get something wrong but that doesn't matter you know it's about just trying to keep learning fantastic um and number five 
And number five is to keep active, which we know is so important for our well-being. But in nature, you can do that because if you're going out bird watching or if you're going up a mountain to look at nature or like you say, going up to Scottsdale Moor, you're going to be active. You can't you can look out your window at nature. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But to really make the most of it, you have to get out there and go for walks and not be in the car. You you can see nature in a car, but you can see so much more in a bike or cycling or walking like we've been doing recently in lockdown. So I think it's that's a really important one too to keep active as well and not dwelling on any negatives really. Yeah, and and by being immersed in nature, like you say, and not just seeing it from your window or in a car, yeah. you're engaging more of your senses. You know, you can hear it. You can hear the birds or the wind in the trees. Or, um, uh, and I think that's maybe why nature is so important because it's got all those dimensions to it. It's not yeah. just seeing. It's like you see the smells and the sounds and the feel of things. It's it's all coming together, which we'll look at shortly in the science of it all because that kind of explains that really well. That's fantastic. So I'll run through them. So there was five points there. Connect, connecting, connecting with something, taking notice, giving, giving to others, keep learning and keep active. Did I get that right? Yes. My test. And it doesn't just apply to nature, does it? You know, you could use yeah. those those areas of well-being in any part of your life. Absolutely. Really fascinating. So, so we've kind of hinted on this, but it's definitely something we're going to now explore. What is the science link between nature and our stress response system, our brains? Or that, you know, why does science and nature um, help us find a place of calm? Right, I will try and explain it the best I can. Um, there's a lot of science out there, so I've just kind of I'll summarise one or two things I found interesting, and I'll talk about the chemistry of the brain as well. Mm. But before I do that, I think we've done a lot of talking. So um, one of the one of the science studies, the first one I want to talk about is one of King's College London, mm-hmm. and it's been proven that bird song you were talking about this before can boost mental well-being. That's scientifically proven now. So I thought we'd listen to some bird song and have just maybe a minute of mindfulness before we continue. Is that okay? Yeah, I'd love it. And this is, um, you can download this, it's called Let Nature Sing. And it's um, it's a song, well, it's, a, it's produced by the RSPB. And it's just nature and bird song. So let's go listen. because again going back to what you you started talking about um uh 
those pathways, that connection. We have wood pigeons in the um that nest in the trees around my parents' house, um, which uh, I'm you know originally from just outside Dundee. And um <laughs> I can remember them waking me up um <laughs> as a teenager and being quite cross that they were waking me up at <laughs> six o'clock in the morning. But it does have uh and we laugh actually then as as um older children and then adults going on holiday with my parents and if we go anywhere and hear the wood pigeon we all laugh and go these <laughs> pigeons are following us <laughs> they've come all the way from Brody Ferry on holiday to wherever we um, so yeah. I, I just think it, yeah I just think it's it's magical that that yeah. this noise of something so natural as bird song can actually be proven to improve our well-being yeah and it I, it that was lovely so um I think what we'll maybe do is a uh, clip um we'll find the the direct link um and add this to the podcast so um there can be some mindfulness moments to bird song um and people can people can engage with that that's that's amazing it certainly made me feel calm and joy Good. <laughs> Right, you ready for more science then? Hit me up with the science, Mrs. Right, here we go. Right, I think you spoke, I know you spoke about this actually, I think in your first podcast, it was about cortisol, Mm -hmm. which is the flight or fight, yeah, fight or fight um, chemical. So there was another study, this is a, a general nature study, and they took a whole group of people who were maybe not necessarily stressed, but they looked at stress. Um, cortisol has a natural decay, so it goes down with time. So mm-hmm. you've been in a stressful situation, and you start to relax, it does go down. Mm-hmm. So they took a group of people, and half of them were just in the, in the building, wherever they were, where they were being calm. And the other half were out in nature, and they found that actual cortisol levels dropped much more quickly with the group that were out in nature than the group that were just sitting calmly inside. Wow. So that was, That's I thought that was really interesting. really interesting. So a really significant effect there. Yeah. And then another one coming back to your gardening. And also when I talked about making a pond, I was digging with a little shovel. Mm-hmm. And then I started to use my hands because it was easier to feel where the stones were uh-huh. to take them out. And I started feeling really happy. It was like being five years old again, digging in a pit of earth. <laughs> I was yeah. really enjoying it. Yeah. But do you know there's a bacterium in soil? And it triggers the release of the chemical serotonin, which uh-huh. makes you feel good. Yes. So that bacterium, if it gets on your hands and you're digging, it actually helps you feel better scientifically. Wow. So when you talked about gardening, it actually, that being out and touching the soil and planting is a big one. We are touching the compost. It scientifically helps you feel better because it, it triggers this release of serotonin. Um, is that why we we laugh that um, pigs feel happy rolling in the mud? <laughs> maybe that's where that comes from. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I mean, there, there are so many different studies. Another one that stood out for me was the University of Exeter and the British Trust for Ornithology and the University of Queensland in Australia. So a big study. Yeah. That if you can see birds near your home or through a window, you're less likely to be anxious as well. And I suppose that applies to school too. So if you've got windows in the classrooms, you maybe feel less anxious because you're looking at nature. So even being in your houses in lockdown, uh-huh. looking out the window and seeing trees and seeing nature definitely has an effect and makes you feel better. 
and also 15 minutes and it's as, as short as that 15 minutes of walking in nature whether it's your garden a field the beach a wood or a park you, the cortisol levels drop mm -hmm. your blood pressure then reduces and your pulse rate and your anxiety lessens and it's like 15 minutes mm -hmm. has been proven to work so yeah again that that phrase of you know getting fresh air in your lungs really does help that's fascinating. The bacteria in the soil, that is really fascinating. Um, I thought you, I thought we were going to go back and talk about, you know, just that, like you said, that feeling like a five-year-old and that memory <laughs> trigger, yeah. and that's what helped you feel good. But the fact that there's actually something in the soil that boosts, that's really fascinating. Okay, and there's more fascinating stuff to come. So oh, Great. <laughs> Um, this this links into your climatist as well, maybe sketching. This is a lady called Emma Mitchell. And again, I heard of her through Chris Packham. She's, she wrote a book called The Wild Remedy. But she says sketching. So all the everyone that loves doing art will know this. Sketching things like leaves and branches and those veins and leaves, that pattern apparently also really helps your well-being. And she's done a lot of research. She's done a lot of science, scientific look, like looking into the science of this as well. Mm -hmm. And it is also helped uh, reduce anxiety by sketching these particular patterns, which I thought was also very interesting. Very interesting. And she also came across this is a, this is a big science bit, but and Chris Packham explains it really well on Springwatch. So if you go on iPlayer, he's got a really good visual demonstration of this. But I'll try and summarise it. So in your brain, the biochemistry of it's all balanced. You've got your serotonin. Mm -hmm. and a walk in nature makes your brain healthy as we've said by increasing it mm -hmm. um, another one is dopamine so that's mm -hmm. your wow factor so mm -hmm. if you see a fox if you see an eagle if you see something yeah. amazing in nature it gives you that surge of elation if anything brilliant happens or see a butterfly or a bird and yeah you can get it in other aspects of life too but nature's got so many ways of getting that there's so many amazing things out there to see or, or amazing view even like you said when you stand yeah. at Scott's somewhere and look at that view you're getting that amazing dopamine surge and then the cortisol then which gives you a flight or fight it's then um, putting all that down again you know it's making you feel yeah. anxious and worried and it's making that chemical rise to a really dangerous level but That's as soon right. as you go back into nature and like you see where you touch the soil or you know if you're out in nature it makes it all come back to this balance and if you hear a bird song it can do the same and you were talking about fresh air Chris Packham also mentioned on one of his programs recently that it's phytonicides from trees that you breathe them in and it, it improves your immune system. Wow. So the fresh air actually does have an impact. And bacteria on the ground, like I said, serotonin, and also any when sunshine shines on your retina or bright light shines on your retina from outside, it also causes serotonin levels to rise. So there's many, many ways that being in nature balances your brain chemistry. That is absolutely amazing, and it all, but it all makes so much sense, you know. And and I hope when people are hearing you talk, they can almost look back over their walks or consider where they live, um, and and especially those who live in Balmedy being so close to the beach, where I'm sure a lot of the children have been walking, or if you're living in Potterton, all the, the woods and lovely country walks that are uh, around um, that little village, there is so much, you know, right at our doorstep. And because as you're talking, I can really connect with times 
that I've not been feeling great or especially spending a lot of time on the laptop um, or really having to concentrate and listen in meetings and you get that kind of fuzzy headed feeling. Um, but a walk just lifts me completely and all those things that you're talking about must must bring my brain my brain back to that balance the equilibrium definitely and it was really interesting I did beach school training last year and I met this amazing lady called Karen McKelvey who lives in Shetland Mm -hmm. and she's been instrumental in getting doctors to prescribe nature instead of medication amazing so many of the doctors up there will say they'll write a prescription for nature Go, basically go for a walk in nature and we know now from listening to the science there just now that it definitely works and um I, I was speaking to her two days ago and she gave me some amazing quotes i'd like to read you what she said which kind of sums up a lot of what we've been talking about i think uh-huh. she said clouds keep moving tides keep coming in going out sunsets and rises and you realize whatever's troubling you the world keeps turning and that is absolutely true and do you know what something else she's done that we could use for Balmedi School as well is they've uh-huh. been making a calendar. They've actually been doing um, little nature videos as well called Nature Nudges, uh-huh. which are really, really cool to, to look at. Um, and they made this calendar for Shetland. And it's all about every month it tells you how you can connect with nature. So it's a uh-huh. calendar of ideas of things you can do if you're not sure what, what might be an idea. It gives you lots and lots of different things to try. That's amazing. We could definitely use that at school. Mm-hmm. Even part of, you know, that, um, you know, because we're going to be in school some of the time and we're still going to be at home some of the time. So that could even be built into some of the the home time. Um, children could use activities to explore nature. And well, I like that. What was it called? Nature nudges. Nature nudges of a little video <laughs> clips. And then the cal- there's a calendar that goes along with it. But uh, yeah, some really good things. And also, I've been doing Nature Club videos every week. So there's one in the blog each week, apart from last week. And the next one I'm going to do, I think it's on the, I think it's the one on the 26th of June, is all about nature and mental health. So some of what we've talked about today, I'm going to take people outside to look at beautiful places and talk a bit more about it. So if anybody's interested, you can tune into that in a couple of weeks. That's fantastic. So um, do you post just, does Mr. Forges put your video onto the blog and children can watch it and just engage with it that way? Yes, um, it's called Mrs. just Mrs. Duncan's Nature Club. It's like a Balmedi Lockdown Nature Club. And I've been doing videos for about nest, bird nesting, plants, um, about all kinds of different things. Owl pellets was is the one that was on this week. So just lots of different elements of nature. So if you want to learn something new or you want to, you know, if you're interested, you can tune into that. So it's plants next week and then it's um, health, uh, mental health the week after. And then I thought I might get, as in the nature nudges that I do in Shetland, some of the pupils to get involved in making their own little nature videos. That's easy. So if they want to make idea. them, send them to me and then we can put them together and they could be the David Attenboroughs and Chris Packham's going around and showing us things in nature. That would be really <laughs> I, cool. <laughs> I love that idea because, you know, we're we're going on all our lovely um, walks in and around our local area and there must be some amazing sites that children are seeing. Um, We saw this incredible hairy caterpillar on our (laughs) walk last Friday and I took my phone out and we we watched it. Um, It was like something from a cartoon. It was hilarious. (laughs) Tried to make its way up the hill um, and then it it disappeared into the grass. 
but the boys and myself we were absolutely fascinated so um yeah i bet there's lots i love that and do you know what it's just even a little caterpillar it doesn't have to be anything big and spectacular like an elephant or a, you know no. amazing it can just be as little as a beetle or a caterpillar can can give you that well-being it's it's incredible it's amazing and we've also um there's been a new um type of fly in the moor um uh it's almost like a it looks almost like a seahorse with wings i can't i have google searched but i can't find what this fly is um but they seem to be kind of they, they do come in almost like swarms um when it was really really hot uh, they, they came out in certain patches oh quite big yeah uh-huh. yeah i think it's a fly called the hawthorn fly it's totally harmless doesn't bite no no and it doesn't live for very long but yeah there were there were swarms of those around weren't there yeah they don't um, they don't fly very well either they're quite clumsy looking yes that's right but they were beautiful because they had a yeah. kind of green iridescent um color to the black um to their black bodies so um but yes clumsy that's a good word to describe i almost <laughs> felt they kind of joined us on yes the walk. Like they were kind of kind of beside us as we went along so and i think it's really important that everything belongs doesn't it like we need mm-hmm. the little insects chris packham also spoke about wasps he answered a question on Springwatch the other night what's the point of wasps because a lot of people think oh they're horrible they sting you yeah and he explained really well about the jobs they do and how good they are for them for the whole food web and the environment yeah and it made me have another appreciation of them too but it's all about belonging and I think there's a lot of probably the boys and girls at school as well and adults too a lot of us feel when we're anxious that we don't belong you know we feel like we're not part of things we're we're isolated away from it and mm-hmm. and lockdown creates the same emotions and it's mm-hmm. all about belonging I think feeling mm-hmm. you belong to the world and when you're in nature you do belong you know if you're sitting up a tree or climbing a tree like you said your children do or if you're in your garden you've got that feeling of belonging and if you don't mind there's one more quote that Joe Hartness um again I thought was a brilliant quote mm-hmm. and it's he says the more the connection grows and the magnetism increases the more I feel at one with the world, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally. And in the ends with, the more I belong. That's amazing. I love that. And I love that, um, the way that you've articulated that. And I think it's that we've been cut off from so many people and there is a real lack of belonging. You know, we're not at school where we belong. We're not in our community. So um, that's probably where a lot of our anxiety, not just in the children, but in the adults as well, is stemming from. But yes, we can all belong in nature. Um, that's that's amazing. What an, a fantastic insight. Um, now you talked about, we had our bird song and our little um, mindfulness moment, but how... Can you tell me more? How else can animals, and particular birds, help us find a sort of place of calm um, and help us with our mental health? I think it's just, if you just watch them and look at what they do and what they have, they have, some of them have such hard lives. You know, some of the birds that we see in our gardens only live for a few years. So like robins and blackbirds might only, some live for longer, but will live maybe four or five years. Mm-hmm. And think what they have to pack into that time. You know, we see them this time of year feeding their, their young coming back and forward to the bird feeders and to the garden. And mm-hmm. at the moment, in my garden especially, there's little starlings everywhere and mm, there's yes. young ones begging for food and there's whole groups of them everywhere. 
Um, but I think it's watching how they deal with life and how they make the most of it. Mm -hmm. I think lots of animals maybe are different from us and we don't think so much about the future. They live for the moment. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, it is maybe that. It's like just enjoying every minute and, you know, even just listening to the wind through the trees or I think I think that's important. And um, the, the struggles yeah, you have take... are the same for everyone. It's like, you know, survival and having families and looking after each other and nature that it does the same thing mm -hmm. um and i think that i worry that we're losing a lot of that and it does concern me you know all the things that are happening that are negative but then there's so many positives too when you go out and there's still we're still very lucky that we've got these beautiful places to go to mm -hmm. and i think for me it is about visiting patches you know having your place that you go to and you get to know mm -hmm. yeah and 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 like like we sort of said at the very beginning, um, lockdown was very scary and unknown to begin with, but it's been so enjoyable. And what's been lovely speaking to all the guests on the podcast, they have loved spending time with their families and going out for walks. That comes up again and again. Um, and that connection at, at home and connection and you're walking with your local community and visiting it more and more um has been has been a real gift really i think it's that sense of community isn't it like it's it's about existing coexisting with nature and with mm -hmm. other people around us mm -hmm. i know in my village as well it's been much more obvious that people are saying hello to each other just yes. those basic basic yes. connections yes. someone smiling and saying hello can make your day when you haven't seen somebody all day or outside your house you know yeah, yeah. and i suppose nature is the same it's it's learning to live together with everything around us. And it has some um, some hidden secrets, does nature, especially up um, on the moor. Um, I've been fascinated with, um, there are some World War II buildings um, up um, on Scotstoun Moor. And I uh -huh. find that really interesting to, first of all, it's like, well, what is this really strange octagonal building? And then, oh, here's another building and it's more like a house and then, only a few weeks ago, we changed our track and went different ways around the moor and discovered um, another sort of walled building and then all these almost like cement foundation that was quite heavily covered by all the gorsets up there. But um, it's, I'm like really interested. I've been spending lots of time on the rainy days um, on old Aberdeen, old Bridgetown websites, trying to find out what these buildings were. Um, and in amongst all the buildings, we've got deer as well. And that's been such a interesting little gift as well in amongst all the trees. Yeah, absolutely. And I think because people haven't been cutting the grass so much, there's been lots of longer verges and hedgerows that don't normally get to grow as big. And Again, the amount of wildlife that we've seen in those has been amazing, much more than normal. So maybe we need to learn to live with nature a bit more mm -hmm. and not have the immaculate gardens or the immaculate cut mm -hmm. grass everywhere mm -hmm. and learn to give a little bit, even just little patches. Mm -hmm. I know that in summer we often leave little patches in our garden. It must look a bit weird, but it's like clover patches. Mm -hmm. And the smell of that is absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. And it's just little bits. And the amount of bees and hoverflies that you get in just a metre square patch is yeah. incredible that you wouldn't normally get if you just cut it all down so maybe we're learning as well through yeah. lockdown and what we've seen that we maybe normally do to, to nature and environment we're learning to try and help it along a bit and live with it a bit more 
Absolutely. And, and I think um, other adults um, are maybe ha are having that same sort of sense of responsibility. I've seen a lot on um, Aberdeen City and Shire, you know, Facebook pages that are talking about, you know, now that lockdown's easing up a bit, they're going to get back to uh, general services, in, in, including cutting of grass and maintaining of playing fields, etc, etc. And there's been a lot of people complaining and saying, <laughs> well, actually, we really, we really are enjoying um, nature and, uh, and uh, the longer grass and the flowers and the insects that are coming out and you know the bees and and all of that so yeah and that's how it should be and I think that's that's what we'll be noticing more as well because we don't really although we're talking about going out in nature around about here we don't really have many natural places mm -hmm. in Scotland to our left anymore it's all very man-made you know mm -hmm. farm fields and man-made areas mm -hmm. so we're seeing little glimpses of how it maybe could be if it was left mm -hmm. Um, not that maybe it must have been about four weeks ago I ventured into town I had to pick something up and was what really struck me was the amount of weeds that were also growing up through the pavements um, mm -hmm. like on Rosemount and um, you know actually not you know George Street streets that were, were not seeing the footfall that they normally had and so the the plants and the weeds were growing up through the the grooves and the slabs of the pavement as well yeah i think we've got to remember haven't we that we're, we, we've only got this world while we're here and we have yeah. to pass it on to future generations so it's yeah. really important to take care of it and that goes back to the giving again we can give so much mm -hmm. absolutely and hopefully when we get back to school we're going to really connect all of what we've talked about um today and really use our um our beach our um, magic woods um our amazing playing field and the surroundings that we have um to really help everybody um with outdoor learning but also with mental health and well-being um and hopefully yeah. i really hope boys and girls have listened to this and teachers and adults have listened to this podcast because um i think it, it it's a really good starting block for where we're going to go to support everybody and i'm really excited about it i think it's going to be so exciting putting it all together with the pupils at school as well getting their ideas and mm -hmm. and other te other staff ideas and just like you say using an amazing area we've got around bomedi mm -hmm. Yep, it'll be, it's, it's going to be great. It, um, and this was amazing. Thank you so much, Mrs. Duncan, for joining us. Um, oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Giving us um, such an incredible insight to how nature and the outdoors can really help our mental health and um, that positive vibe that um, we all need a little bit of help with now and, now and then. So thank you very much. You're welcome. All right, well, um, I hope we will... I hope to speak to you soon, but we'll certainly see you soon in August. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Bye, bye. Bye. Wasn't that just amazing? What an insight to nature and the science behind how it really does help with our mental health. And Mrs. Duncan and I and a few other teachers and, uh, and Mr. Ford and Mr. Simpson, we really value the outdoor learning space that we have at Balmady. So we're going to really utilize that when we go back 
and be working with the outdoors, be working with nature to help us with our mental health and discuss all the things that, that, are, that need to be talked about to make us all start to really understand and process all of the things that have gone on in the last three months. So there's lots of work happening behind the scenes and we can't wait to use the incredible outdoor space, outdoor environment, the nature that we have in and around Balmedi Primary School. Thank you so much for listening. I'm going to leave you again with Lexi Walker as she tells us about our wonderful world. And I think to myself